Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for this time that we get to come together, that we get to hear your word, that you that we get to hear what you want to teach us about what we're going to learn today. I pray that your kingdom come and your will be done and that your Holy Spirit just fills this space and the person listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen. In the last blog podcast that I, that was, that I was led to do called What Happens, I was led to share the testimony of how Jesus finally got a hold of me. What was not added in the last blog podcast was that after I understood that it's a relationship that he wants with each of us, so that as we receive him, receive him as our Lord and Savior, he comes in us as the Holy Spirit, so there can be forgiveness, general generational situations are broken, godly values, healing from our past hurts, purpose, and knowing where we are going when we die. When I understood his unconditional love, grace, that he gives freely, that I could not and did not want to do anything on my own anymore, that I needed a savior, I got on my knees in the bathroom of where we live and asked Jesus to come into my life, that I knew there was more to life than being angry frustrated, empty, that I wanted to be a better mom, a better community member. At that time, I felt a shower of the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we get hunger to talk to him, which is what is prayer is. Prayer is communicating with God most frequently through the spontaneous individual unorganized form of petition and or thanking. When we read the Bible out loud, it's also a form of praying in the Bible. We find many scriptures about praying. For example, in Matthew 5:44, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Luke 18:1. Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continuously and not to be discouraged. Romans 8.26, in the same way, the Spirit comes to help our weakness. We don't know why we should pray, but the Spirit himself pleads our case with unexpected groans. Jeremiah 29.7, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Jeremiah 29.12, when you call me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. In Philippians 4.6, don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. In 1 Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Matthew 7 to 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock 
and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. But God doesn't just give us everything we want. We have to pray and wait. And if it's his will, and if it's good for us and for others, it will happen. Also, the Lord's Prayer, because Jesus gave it to the disciples as a model for them and us to keep in mind as we pray. The Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew 6, 9 to 15. This is then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Jesus didn't mean for us to just repeat this specific prayer over and over, but his desire was and is to set a model for how to pray and who we are praying to. In Matthew 6, 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The phrase, our Father in heaven, indicates that God is not only majestic and holy, but also personal and loving. The first line of his model prayer is a statement of praise and commitment to hallow or honor God's holy name. We can honor God's name by being careful how we use it respectfully. In Matthew 6:10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The phrase your kingdom come is a reference to God's spiritual reign. God's kingdom was announced in the covenant or agreement with Abraham found in Matthew 8, 11. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Luke 13, 28 to 30. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out, people will come from east and west and north and south and will take place at the feast of the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last and will be complete when all evil is destroyed and God establishes the new heaven and the new earth. This is found in Revelation 21, 1 to 8, that says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautiful dress for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, 
God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immorals, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. In Matthew 6:10, when we pray your will be done, we are not resigning ourselves to fate, but praying that God's perfect purpose will be accomplished in his world, as well as in the next. And how does God accomplish his will on earth? He does largely through people willing to obey him. This part of the prayer allows us to offer ourselves as doers of God's will asking him to guide, lead, and give us the means to accomplish his purpose. Matthew 6, 11. Give us today our daily bread. When we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are acknowledging that God is our sustainer and provider. It is a misconception to think that we provide for our needs ourselves. We must trust God daily to provide what we know we need, as stated in Psalm 121, 1-3. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Matthew 6, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God gives us the tools through the Holy Spirit that comes in us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And as we read the Bible, that provides us with the tools to not fall into temptation from Satan, the evil one, and his deceit. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, after he was tempted by the devil in the desert. In 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it says, All scripture is grad brethren and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be truly equipped for every good work. Ask God to give you the strength to overcome temptation and choose God's way instead. In Matthew 6, 14 and 15, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive other, 
others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, For love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. In Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. In Luke 6.37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not become them. Forgive and you will be forgiven. When we don't forgive others, we are playing God as to who gets forgiven or not, as we need to forgive the same way we want and God forgives us. Forgiving others doesn't always mean reconciliation, as the two people need to have Jesus in their lives and be filled with his love for there to be reconciliation. Forgiving others also brings healing to our lives and the lives of others. Let's take the time to reread or re-listen to the scriptures mentioned here. Asking God to let you understand what he needs you to understand. God, Jesus, loves to hear our prayers no matter how many times we pray for the same situation or need. He wants to hear from us. When was the last time you spoke to Jesus? When was the last time you read the Bible? Today is a great day to start. Ask him where to start.